Cashflow Guys Podcast, Episode 21. Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Join Tyler and his team as they unlock the secrets to achieving financial independence through wealth-building strategies inspired by Robert Kiyosaki and other thought-provoking leaders. Learn to build leveraged streams of cash flow that land in your pocket and improve your quality of life. Gain access to cutting-edge ideas that will increase your productivity and streamline your success. Find out how to supercharge your retirement plan so you won't have to retire with a pay cut. You can escape the rat race. Are you ready? It's time to Learn to Earn with Tyler Chef. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We have arrived at episode 21 of the Pack Cashflow Guys podcast. And once again in the studio with me, I'm excited, I'm wound up. I've got Larry Harbolt sitting across from me today in the studio, and he is here today to talk about seller financing, something I know a lot of our Cashflow Guys listeners are dying to find out about. Very powerful strategy, one of many tools in your toolbox that you can use as an investor uh, to take to get your name on title, acquire some cash flowing assets, and uh, move on from there. So welcome to the show, Larry. Thank you. Thank you for having me. For those of you don't you don't those of you that don't remember, Larry was here back at episode fourteen when we were talking about uh, we talked a little bit about seller financing, but that episode was primarily about land trust. Larry's a local real estate investor. He's been investing in real estate for about thirty five years, and he runs the largest and longest running uh, real estate investors meeting. I believe in the southeast, isn't it, Larry? Pretty much. Well, pretty much in the area of Florida. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, a huge meeting. Um, my team goes down there and goes down there every so often. Uh, great resource if you're in the Tampa Bay market and you want to learn more about investing in real estate, pick up some vendors, find opportunities. There's all kinds of reasons why you would go to that. Stop by that meeting on Monday. That's at the Hibachi Grill. Hibachi Grill, correct? Hibachi Buffet. Right, Hibachi Buffet over in Pinellas Park on 49th Street and Park Boulevard. So that's a, that's a uh, must-attend event if you're in the Tampa Bay area. Today, we're going to talk about, Larry has an upcoming boot camp. Uh, it comes out on May 12th, May 12th through the 15th, and this is one of his premier events. Now, we went to, my local team, a bunch of us went to his last event over in Tampa, which was the Land Trust Seminar. Blew our mind, Larry, a lot of good information in that, in that, uh, that, was, a, that was a three-day seminar. Correct. I felt like I walked out of there with a college degree. That's, that's good. That's for sure. You know, the thing I like about your seminars is, you walk, you, granted, I didn't walk out of there knowing everything, and I, I get that's not the point. That's really not even possible. There's just so much to it. But I came up with such a strong understanding of the land trusts and how they work and how I could make those strategies work for me and in, in maintaining anonymity in our assets and how we can help a lot of our clients, cash flow guys' clients, do the same. So that was great. And we had, uh, we had Sean Yesner on the show recently and uh, we talked a little bit more about that as I'm, that episode will be released here real soon uh, so that was great but coming up you've got your four-day and it's called four-day seller financing but i know you refer to it as the four-day never step into a bank again boot camp correct and that's really it you, you, the whole idea is when was the last time you walked into a bank and got a mortgage because with the skills that you've learned over the years you don't really even need banks anymore do you no many years ago 
That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Uh, that's that's awesome. I mean, I as you guys know, my listeners, I bought this this first cash flowing asset that we had with a bank, but the other properties since then have all been some sort of creative acquisition, and and that's why I'm really looking forward to going to this class because there's just so much to learn, and I'm sure four days is probably going to scratch the surface a little bit. It's and the one thing I love about your seminars that is I've never heard of before is that. You go to your seminar once. Once you've, you've, you've attended the seminar, you've paid, you get to keep going over right. and over and over again. Because I know you have it coming up twice this year. Yeah, I do them every three to four months. Right. So in this case, you've got this one coming up May 12th through the 15th, and that's in the Tampa area. And you can go to his website to find that out. We'll talk about that later. So that runs Thursday through Sunday. And then September 22nd through 25th, you're going to run the same course again. Correct. But I'm sure watching you teach, which I really enjoyed so you're going to take something new away, a lot of something news new away every single time you attend. It's it's one of those things where you want to come back. You 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 have to get more of that information, more of that knowledge. So we're really looking forward to it. So I want to start out with uh, kind of give the listeners an, an outline of the benefits of seller financing. Just some of the cursory benefits that a lot of people might not realize. Well, it's very simple. Not every investor has the ability to borrow money from an institution. So others have cash that they could pay for the properties. But in my world, why would I pay cash, put all my money into one property when I can divide it up into smaller increments, the money I have, and buy several houses where I use those smaller increments as down payments, and then I pay the seller instead of a bank every month for the term of the, the the loan, the financing. So to me, I don't have to qualify. I don't have to produce tax returns. I don't have to do anything. If I build a rapport with a seller who trusts me enough that they will be willing to accept payments from me. Because not another thing, not every seller wants cash. That is a fallacy. And when you sit at kitchen tables like I do and talk to real people, not everybody wants cash. And see, what I've... What I've noticed in the marketplace is that people spend a lot of time assuming. They do. And when they assume, how can they be correct all the time? You can't. Well, they're not. And exactly what you just said is that people don't always want cash. No. They may want what cash brings. That's you know, right. You've said that you've taught me that and, and what, what cash brings. If what, they they, can, what the cash can do for them. Correct. But cash in and of itself is paper with green ink on it. They don't want the cash. They want what the cash can do for them. So for an example, I need to sell my house because I've got $20,000 in medical debt. Correct. I really, it's not that I, if you give me the $20,000, I'm going to go pay the medical debt. Mm -hmm. So you could make some sort of an arrangement, let's say, to take care of my medical debt in, as, in exchange for a down payment on my house. Correct. And that makes total sense when you explain it that way it's almost so simple so simple sorry so simple it's mind-boggling right well what i could do in that case because i've spent years learning how to negotiate because when i started years ago back in the 70s i had no money i had no credit and i had six kids to feed so it was going to be impossible for me to get any type of a loan i had to pay the seller every month and so when you're in that position, and in those days there were not any hard money lenders in Michigan where I grew up, 
So I had to do it where I paid the seller every month if I was going to do those deals. But then I had to rent the properties to get the money to make the payment. And that's how I got started. And with that, you had to make sure that you were structuring the opportunities to allow you to be able to pay that debt. In other words, you were negotiating not necessarily out of the need to feel good and win and get a deal. You were negotiating to make sure that there was some skin left in the game or there's some meat on the bone rather so that after paying the seller his payments and covering the insurance and other expenses for the property, that there would be some profit in there, which in really, if you break it down to me takes is taking care of the seller as well, because you're looking out for the seller. Yes. By making an agreement with him or her to make sure those payments fall in line with what the expenses and the income is or what the income generates for that property. And I see a lot of this going on in the marketplace today. I just, I've done some videos recently on Facebook about people getting into bidding wars, that scarcity mentality that goes on in the marketplace right now. And there's been, I was reading in uh, recently that uh, there are people in fistfights over buying a house in down in St. Petersburg that the people are so competitive that they're outbidding each other. They're actually fighting over properties and outbidding each other. Well, those to me sound like, I bet if we fast forward five years, those houses are probably going to be foreclosures once again. Well, that's what I call throwing dollars at deals. Right. They don't know a thing about negotiating. They don't understand. For instance, if I had $100,000 mm-hmm. and I wanted to buy a house to live in and the house was worth $100,000, most people would take the 100000 buy the house. Okay. So to me, that doesn't make sense. What I would do is I would take 10000 of the 100000 cash I have. I would make a down payment on a $100,000 house I want to live in. And then I would pay the seller over the next 25 to 30 years. Okay. But that leaves me 90000 of my 100000 left. So could I take that 100000 or that 90000 that's left and divide it into nine piles of $10,000. So essentially buy, what, nine more houses? Buy nine more rental properties that pay for themselves. And they give off, let's say, $100 each a month that I get to put in my pocket. Correct. So each one of those rental houses is worth 100000 They pay for themselves plus kick off $100 each. Right. Which gives me $900 a month. So those rentals... 900 a month gives me the money to make the payment on the house I'm living in. So instead of buying one house, putting all my money into one house, now my money's gone. So I'm controlling one house worth 100000 I'm now controlling a million dollars worth of real estate and living for free because the income properties, the tenants are paying for them. The tenants are creating my wealth, and they allow me from the cash flow I get from them to make the payment on the house I live in. So to me, that's what makes sense. Never put it all into one deal, spread it out, do as many deals as you can control as much real estate as possible. So you're using the, you're, you, you basically like what we talk about it at our local events. And we talked about in previous episodes is you're doing exactly what Pete says in his courses, as well as using what you have hundred thousand dollars to get what you need. Well, in this case, you need to start with a place to live, but then you also needed to generate passive income or cash or cash flow. Correct. 
to be able to pay for that mortgage so that your investments are actually covering your living expenses. That's right. And I'll switch gears for a second and talk about the benefit to the seller. Now, the seller grants you, you, you give the seller, say, $10,000 down or something of intrinsic value that he values at $10,000 or greater. Now, you're making him payments, and let's say you're giving him payments plus interest, and that interest, let's say it offs, it, it uh, outpaces inflation. So let's say if the inflation rate is 3% and you're giving the seller 4 or 5%, let's say, in, in, in terms, over time, let's say using the $100,000 house example, and if we said 5% interest was the number that everybody agreed on, really that seller is getting, what, another $5,000 a year for their house and interest over and above the 100000 Plus, if you take that five thousand or that five thousand a year, and multiply that by thirty years, you do the math on that. That becomes pretty powerful, considerable amount. Yeah. Well, let's go back to when you said you had a twenty thousand dollar debt, and you you are selling your house. I could pay that that hospital bill that you've got. Right now, I would not write a check for twenty thousand dollars to pay it. I would agree to pay it, but I would go to the hospital and I would work it out to where I would pay them a hundred a month until paid. There you go. So instead of writing a check for twenty thousand, I'll write a check for a hundred dollars, but we'll take twenty thousand off the price of the house I'm buying from you because that's a debt you don't have to pay off. So there's value in that. Yeah, because that value that's still the same value to the seller. The seller's dodging out of twenty thousand dollars worth of debt. That's debt relief, right. And the fact that you were able to negotiate it down, well, that's, you know, kudos to you. But it's also, it's helping every. It's a win-win is really how it breaks out. It has to be win-win. Yeah, or no deal. Because I deal directly with the sellers. That's the key. I know you've, you talked about that before. But going back to the numbers, in this example, at 5% interest, the seller really gets to sell the house for almost double. So if you took the 5% interest... On $100,000, I'm not factoring in the down payment just for quick math, the seller winds up receiving $193,000 for their $100,000 house. Correct. And, bonus, they didn't have to pay $20,000 in medical debt because you use that as a down payment. Right. Or the value of the $20,000. Right. Powerful stuff. Absolutely powerful stuff. So, Larry, in your course, you you break it down into four-day increments, four you got day one, day two, day three, and day four. And I want us to talk, uh, start talking about day one. I know you've got to begin with the end in mind, and you got to start somewhere. When it's not like you just you look in the newspaper and people are begging you to, to offer seller financing. So let's talk about day one where you, you, you mentioned uh, marketing for fast cash and, and real wealth. And I use, uh, use uh, direct mail letters that go out. Can we talk a little bit about that? Right. My wife and I send letters but we only send letters to people that own a property they do not live in and it's free and clear with no debt on it. And what most people don't realize, everyone thinks that most of the houses in this country are in some form of foreclosure. If you look at the statistics, less than 20% of the houses in this country are in some stage of the foreclosure process. But between 30 and 40% of all the houses in this country are free and clear. Really? I didn't realize it was that high. Wow. So 
everybody's trying to do the foreclosure properties where they have to pay cash. I send letters to people that have no debt so that they can they can take my deal. You know, I can pay them off with bubblegum if they'll accept it because they don't have an underlying mortgage payment they have to make or a, a balance that has to be paid off. It's already been paid off. So to recap, you're focused on, and this is cool because this is a lot of that's the well, a lot of garbage out here with the courses and that you see these guru courses. They're telling you to do all this stuff with bidding on on real properties through the MLS and trying to flip a foreclosure property within an LLC or land trust and all this unethical garbage that goes on. And and they put rules out there and on purpose to prevent stuff like this. But there's always someone's going to find a way around it. But you're focusing on. You're not worried about doing things subject to or any of this hokey garbage that goes on. You're not trying to misrepresent anything. You're just, you're, you're advertising, you're marketing to people that have a hundred percent equity in their home. They have no home, no loan on their property uh, and they do not occupy it. So it's a second home, call it a, either a rental or a, a vacation home or just having a luxury. They moved, never sold it. So really, and, and I've, I see a lot of these subject to things that you hear about and whatnot. And I think to myself, there is no way in Hades that I would allow someone else to pay, you know, to, I would transfer the deed to my house, leaving my mortgage and my credit on that property. I would be concerned about that. That's me. I know I'm conservative, but, and I'm sure that people do it. I'm sure that, you know, and I, I'm, I imagine there's a lot of money in it, but at the end of the day, it, it's kind of like trying to run up a greased ladder doing that. But it, it does make sense when you're targeting people that have 100% equity and it's not they don't own or occupy. They're not living in the home. Now, some of the techniques that you use, uh, you talk about Internet uh, versus postcards, flyers, eBay, things like that. Let's talk about some of the ways that you're reaching out to those people. Uh, is it strictly direct mail or do you use different resources? I, I use strictly letters. Okay. And you, uh, these are a, handwritten? It's a form letter. My wife signs it. And our letter starts out by, it's from my wife, and it says, Hi, my name is Christine Harbel. My husband Larry and I are investors looking for a few properties that we can buy for our retirement program. We see from public record you own a house you do not live in. And it, we were wondering if you might be interested in selling your house. And then it has a couple more paragraphs. But that is our heading. We look like a mom-and-pop operation. Now, let me go back to why I do the non-owner-occupied free and clear, where they don't live in it. They can live next door. If they live in the house and they sell it and got all cash, they have no taxing consequences. Because IRS Section 121 says if you live in any house any two of the last five years, a single person can take from their profit 250000 of their gain tax-free. Tax-free, right. A couple can take up to 500000 tax-free. So if they sell, get all cash, they don't have a taxing consequence. If you don't live in it and you sell for cash, it's a different story. Because then you have to recapture all of the depreciation you've taken over the years Ouch. in the year of the sale pay the tax on that. You have to pay the capital gains between what you paid for it, what you sell it for. And then after deducting all those taxes from your cash, if you accepted it, what are you going to do? Put it in the bank at an eighth or quarter percent interest. Not a good retirement plan. And the reason I say retirement plan 
is if let's say you bought your first house when you were 30. Okay. You paid for it for 30 years. You're 60 years old. If you dealt with tenants and toilets for 30 years, spent your summers painting the house, your weekends working on it, is there the slightest chance that you held that property as some type of a retirement program? Of course. So it's not a good prudent way to have a retirement program if you lose most of it to taxes unneedingly, where I can buy the property from you, I'll pay you every month, similar to an annuity, and that I can stretch it out longer, and it'll be much better. I can give you more interest if I can get a payment that will work for me so I can rent the property to pay for it. And now the seller, you're giving the seller a note when you take when you Correct. buy the property. And another benefit that people I sometimes overlook, and I know you talk about this in your course, is the seller has that, that note, which is something of value. And if they decide, let's say, for example, they're, they're like in your example, you're, they're 60 years old. They don't want to wait till they're 90 for you to pay off that 30-year note. They can now take that note and sell that note later on once that note maybe a seasoned a little bit or not, and they could sell that note for cash and they can get a lump sum or they could sell a portion of the payments. We were talking the other day on the phone and we'll, but that's a little in the weeds for today's episode, but they have the ability to sell it, uh, sell that later for cash where they don't really have to wait the whole 30 years. It doesn't really matter to you if they sell the note, because as far as you're concerned, it's all about the, the cost of control of the asset. So if, if you agree to pay them $347 a month, $347 a month is what you're going to pay for the next 30 years. Correct. Unless you sell the property, of course, or reassign the mortgage or do something like that. But so there are huge upside benefits to the seller financing here, but it all starts with getting in front of the right audience. And I know a lot of people get into real estate investing and they use the shotgun approach where they're just blasting uh, and I'm a victim of that. I did that. That's for sure. I spent tens of thousands of dollars on direct mail marketing when I was doing wholesaling. And granted, it was very lucrative, but I wasn't. The, one of the biggest mistakes I made is I wasn't targeted enough, focused on a certain niche audience. So I sent a lot of mail, went to people that they weren't in distressed situations. They weren't in a position they needed to sell. They didn't have equity like you talked about or the owner-occupied or whatever. They weren't a good audience. So that was just wasted money going out the door. So you're very targeted in your marketing. Very. And I think that's, is that a big piece of your success is that the, the targeting? It is the, the difference. If you send letters or postcards, there are going to be people that are upside down. They owe more than the property's worth. Uh, they're not really motivated. Uh, they've got a big debt on the property. I don't want those because I'm not going to go to the bank and borrow money to pay them off. Right. The way I do it, I can give them a much better income stream for a longer period of time, which is a benefit to them as long as they believe I will pay them. And that's my job to build that rapport and show them this is what I do. I've got many people I've paid off. So it's it's not like I'm going to run, ruin their house and give it back to them. But what you got to understand is, these people have to be convinced you're going to do what you agree. That's why if you're going to do it, you agree to it, you must live up to your word. And I imagine that by doing that, by living up to your word and, and, and making good on these arrangements, 
it's going to wind up bringing you more business down the road, more leads. Absolutely. And it positions you in the marketplace as someone who does what they say they're going to do, which obviously we all know how powerful that is as a, as a tool of the marketplace. It's in essence, it's, it's, it's to some degree it's, it's branding. Now, the one thing I like about, you know, we're here and I'm lucky enough to be able to sit here and, and learn from you while the audience is learning from you as well. At your courses, I noticed that you're the only, during the day, during the, the meet of your, your, your nine to five teacher, you, you're teaching the entire day. I'm, I'm not going to sit there and listen to a bunch of, you know, you call them the snake oil salesmen, the gurus. Nobody's there to, it's not a pitch fest. We That's get, right. we get Larry Harbolt for four solid days right. at your courses, 9am to 5pm solid one-on-one or not one-on-one, but you know, direct contact with you. And then what I noticed that you're at your events is you don't quit there. You go on break and you're still helping people. And then afterwards, everybody goes out to eat and you're still answering questions. And then after that, everybody leaves with your personal cell phone number and they get to follow up with you with questions they have because in every one of these topics, there's always going to be a million questions. And I want to thank you because I know a lot of our listeners have already reached out to you under the, with the land trust questions and whatnot and other questions. And it's great that you offer that. So that's a huge value add opportunity that uh, to people that go to this, these type of events. Day two, we talk about, uh, in your course, you're going to talk about finding pre-screening, recognizing opportunities, and the buying paperwork. Now, you said right here in your in your brochure that you got uh, the 10 ways. You're going to talk about 10 ways that you've bought houses, and I'm sure that you're, you've got a lot more than 10 ways. And I'm sure that in your, if, if your land, tr- if this course is anything like your land trust course, realistically, that's going to be closer to about 30 ways before dinner. And then we're going to learn another five ways during dinner. And all that is extras. That's all bonus material that people don't even realize they get until the course is over. And I walked out of there. We walked out of there just blown away with all the extra information. But you had no money, horrible credit at the time, but you were able to, you take, you take the time, you're very focused on, who you sit down with at a table. You, I noticed you do a lot of pre-screening. And then when you're selling properties, you're, I guess we're going to also cover talking about building a buyer's list. Correct. Something that's very important. And listeners, you know, you hear me talk about, especially those of you that are going to start doing wholesaling or whatever you're going to do, fix and flip, that the, the, what we endorse, our, our method of teaching is to find houses for buyers. Don't find buyers for houses. Finding buyers for houses is being a real estate agent. Most real estate agents are broke. Brokers, that's what a broker is. That just means they're broker than me. But um, building a buyer's list is something that you're going to cover. And then qualifying and pre-screening sellers. Let's talk about that. You, I know you, you avoid the time waster deals. What are just some of the things, and I think you touched on them just a minute ago, some of the things that you're looking for on a pre-screen, what's going to tell you that they're qualified that make you want to go sit down with them? Well, basically when they respond to one of my letters. Uh, my wife and I truly are a mom-and-pop operation. She takes the call. It's not good for me to take the call because I go in and I pressure them, wanting to know what type of a deal they'll do, if they'll take terms. But my wife has a questionnaire, and everybody at the boot camp gets my questionnaire. Okay. And what she does, she asks them the questions. She's non-threatening. Then she sets up a time with them when I can call them and we can discuss maybe possibly buying their house because they've responded. They're at least open to the suggestion. Sure. Now that gives me time to take that 
questionnaire, I will go in somewhere quiet and I will come up with several different buying strategies because I don't know exactly what they want. If on the telephone conversation with my wife, if they're inflexible, they're tire kickers. I don't have time for them right? because they're not motivated. But if I come up with several different ways, it's so much better because the people that pay cash, what they do is they make an offer to buy a property. They buy it, try to buy it at a discounted amount compared to what they're asking for. Right. If the seller says no to their offer, the normal thing is they raise the price a little bit. If the seller says no a second time, most people go away. They lose a great deal. When I go to negotiate with the sellers, I will sit down. I will have one strategy to buy their house. We can talk about it. But if they say flat no, I've got a second way that we can discuss that might be equally as good. And one of the things when I negotiate, I always, always, always make a full price offer, but with terms. So full price offer. Full price. I'll give you whatever you're asking. Because I'm going to keep it as a rental in most cases. The tenant's got to be able to afford it. But you want 100000 for your property? Done. I'll give you the 100000 if you'll take 300 a month until paid. It has nothing to do with an amortization sheet. It has to do with deducting all of my costs from what the property will rent for. And when I do that plus a cash flow to me, I only have so much left to make a payment with. And so it has to be done that way because if a tenant can't afford that property, I surely can't. But this is how you create wealth in real estate with income properties. Flipping houses is a job. That's for sure. You buy one, you fix it up, you sell it, you get a check, you spend the money, you have to go do it again. When you own rental property, the tenant gets up every day, goes to work to earn money, to give you in the form of rent to pay for the house and cover your costs. Hopefully, enough left over to put some in your pocket every month. So as time goes on, the tenants pay off your asset, your house, and they create your wealth for you. Now, for those that don't want to be landlords and and deal with people, that's where you hire management. But you need those, those houses And I refer to that as growing a garden. Have you ever planted a seed in the morning and eat an ear of sweet corn that night? Of course not. No. It takes time. So even if you don't want to be a a landlord, plant some of these assets, the rental properties, let the tenants pay them off, hire management, at least you get the tax benefits, you get the loan pay down, you're building equity. There's many, many benefits And you don't have to deal directly, but you've got to plant the seeds if you ever want to have your harvest. And, you know, that's that's the sad thing about today's society is that people, uh, a lot of wannabe investors that are getting into the market, wanting to go out there and learn. They're looking for the here, the right now. They're not thinking through to tomorrow. They're not they're not planting those seeds and they're not willing to wait for it to grow. They want, in, they want instant wealth. Right. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but if that's the type of mentality you have, if you think that you're going to get rich overnight and, and you could just pick up some of these these tricks of the trade and go to a couple of these seminars and you can go out there and make a million bucks, then they probably shouldn't waste their time going to your event. 
because really that's not the intent of what it's all about. It's all about planting seeds and building wealth over time. And these strategies work very, very well. They have for you and and, and for many, many years, and I've done some of these strategies myself. What's important to note here, folks, is one of the things that you may have glossed over that Larry had just said is he takes when his wife is on the phone, Christine's on the phone, she takes the time to figure out what type of seller they are. And I know you put out some some laminated cheat sheets, which we were going over those before the show. And I'm going to get myself a set of those because those are outstanding. And uh, I believe you're offering those on your website now. Yes. And, and it's it's basically a compilation of your 35 years experience broken into cliff notes. So all of us in this to this day and age, to some degree, have that, I want to learn things at a faster pace. That's why I, when I go walking in the morning, I put on my audio books, whatever. Sometimes we don't either have the will, the desire, the time, or the energy to read a book cover to cover. We want to kind of read the speed reading is a big popular thing right now. People want to take in the information as, as quick as possible. And I know that you put out those, the condensed, the distilled down core meat of a lot of the different techniques that you use in an animated form and you could, or I'm sorry, a laminated form. And these are also available, which I think is pretty cool, for a download. You can download them through your website. People can go on your website, uh, LarryHarbolt.com, and or you can just go to uh, the direct link if you have if you have a difficult. A lot of times, people don't they leave leave uh, letters off of Larry's name, but when they're looking the things, so just go to CashflowGuys.com forward slash Larry. That'll take you to Larry's site. You can look on there, and you'll see those laminated sheets. I believe they're up on your site now. They are, and you will have access to this information that 35 years of experience drilled down and condensed in little nuggets. And you can print those out. If you want to, you can take them over to Kinko's. You can laminate them yourself. If you, if you download them off his website, you can keep those in your briefcase or in your glove box or wherever you are. So when you're out talking in the field and you're, and you're looking at at different opportunities and negotiating deals, these are sheets that you take with you when you're out in the field doing deals. Absolutely, That's correct. So, we're going to move on to day three. And day three is all about deals, deals, deals. It's breaking down this. This is the real the, the real core meat of the potatoes, the negotiation techniques that just never end because there's so many different ways to skin a cat. And this is where, based on what I've seen and attending your courses before, you know, thinking through each deal, finding the missing pieces, using your negotiating strategies, and like you had said earlier, writing those multiple offers. And I know guys that are listening, guys and girls that are listening, we always talk about give the seller options. They need options. And, and some people, they need to see a cash option. Uh, you don't always give them a cash option, but in, I'm sure. But uh, I do, but it's extremely low. Discounted for cash. Okay, so Huge. you do it similar. Yep. Huge. Cash offer or maybe a seller financing offer and then something creative like a hybrid or a mix or a, a, some sort of a well, le- What I, I'll tell you what I teach. I okay. teach um, seller financing. Like I explained, I'll give, right. you, I'll give you your price if you'll take so much a month until paid. The second one I make is another seller financing at a discounted price that is so much interest, if they're interest sensitive, with a payment of so much for 30 years. And by interest sensitive, they're programmed to think that they have to have interest. interest is a good thing for them. Well, these are older people. Right. Older people, many of them want interest. Then the third type is I do what's known as a split fund. A split fund is where you give them a little bit of cash today and then you have a period of time where you don't have to give them anything that allows you to rent it, accumulate the money, and pay them off someday at an agreed time. 
That's what's known as split funded. That's probably one of the biggest used offer by most real successful investors out there. Then I will do a lease option. I'll rent to own it, or I'll do a low ball cash offer. But I will have those predetermined what I'm willing to do before I sit down to talk to them. Well, and by giving them options, they get to pick something that works for them. That's right. Because at the end of the day, when you're sitting down and you're negotiating, it's not about being a, a snake oil salesman and being slick Rick out there trying to talk people into things they don't want. You're presenting them with a menu of options that they can choose from and find something that works for them. They can pick, I want A, B, C, D, whichever it winds up being. They can plug in whatever scenario best fits their needs. And I think that's cool. That's the, that's what creates that win-win situation. But it has to work for me. Yes, it has to work for everybody. For it has instance, to be a win-win. They say they want cash. That's offer number five. Well, no, I want I want more money. Well, that's offer number one. The, okay. the full price offer. Well, no, I want interest. That's offer number two. But that's at a discounted price. Because of the interest. Because of the interest. Right. Well, then, uh, you know, they want at least some cash. Well, that's offer number three. See, I can go back and forth. Every one of those deals is good for my family. I hope it's good for their family, but I don't have to buy their house because there are thousands of other houses out there for sale. So if we can't work out a deal, God bless them. I wish them the best. I'm on to the next deal. There are thousands of deals out here. And then what usually winds up happening is they wind up selling it and they pay what? It, you know, that, we're using a hundred thousand dollar house example. They're paying a six thousand dollar real estate commission. They're paying closing costs and all these other fees and this, that, and the other. And taxes. Yeah, taxes is a huge one. Capital gains, um, close to thirty percent. Yeah, in some cases. So on a hundred thousand dollar house, they're going to they're they're giving thirty thousand dollars to the government in that in at that least. equation. Yeah, and that's just yeah, that's just getting warmed up. I can give them a better deal where they'll end up with more money. And if they take my payments over 30 years, they only pay the taxes on the 12 payments they receive in the 12-month calendar year. So instead of having to pay them all in the year of the sale, like if they you know, sold it for cash, they pay the taxes on the 12 payments they receive from me in a 12-month period or one year. So every year they pay the taxes on the 12 payments. So the benefit there is as the seller, as people, people's tax situation changes every year. No two tax years are identical. This year, let's say they may, they may be able to take certain tax advantages, but as years progress, they know because they've got a structured amount of money coming in, kind of like almost like a structured settlement, a structured amount of money. They know that they're receiving 12 payments a year at $300 a month. So that's what $3,600 coming in every year and of which will be a taxable event and understand nobody on this show, myself or Larry, we're not tax professionals. You need tax advice, go to a CPA, go seek a tax professional. They're going to help you learn and structure ways to mitigate some of your tax liability. This is one of many strategies to mitigate your tax liability legally. Legally, my point is that by them making an arrangement like this for compensation over time, they can then have the time to mitigate those tax consequences over an extended period. In other words, if you sold the house today for cash and, and Larry, you handed them $100,000 cash, 
They need to figure it out in this tax year how they're going to mitigate that, how they're going to reduce their taxes. And the reality of it is most people are unable to. However, if you structure where they're they're getting $3,600 a year for 30 years, well, that gives them plenty of time to figure out how to mitigate that because they're only trying to offset the tax obligation on 3600 bucks. But wait, if I gave them $100,000, they paid the taxes, they paid the closing costs, they paid the real estate agent commission, and they take what's left and put it in the bank. Uh, and, and let's say they, they got a half a percent interest. How much will what's left at a half a percent interest give off every month? To them to live on that, that's their retirement income right i can give them more i can give them extended out over a longer period of time so what i give them is going to be far more than what they would have gotten had they just put it in the bank at a half a percent interest i can give them gosh 10 times that much which would be five percent right but the point is it will last longer they will get more money because I'm doing it in a way that they're minimizing the tax in the immediate years. So the, when they pay the tax, that money is gone. It never creates income for them again. You know, and one other thing I know that you talk about during day three is, as you guys have heard, my audience, you've heard me talk about how, in some cases, real estate agents can tend to be deal killers. They tend to overcomplicate things when they're really could be, they're not that difficult, but, you know, we sometimes tend to overthink things. And one of the reasons that I know a lot of real estate agents that I've dealt with have poo-pooed the idea of seller financing is because they're only concerned about their commission. They think about their commission going, well, how am I going to get paid in this equation? I need my commission is $10,000 and there's only a $5,000 down payment. Well, guys, one of the things that, Larry, you taught me that I've been I have instituted immediately, which has turned out to be beautiful for our situation, is real estate agents take your commission as a note against the house. You come in, in this case, you have a first mortgage. Larry buys the house. He's the the buyer. I'm the seller, and there's a real estate estate agent involved. Get a promissory note. In exchange for your real estate commission, you can earn interest on your real estate commission, and then you get payments towards your real estate commission over time. Every month. It helps put deals together. Imagine how many more deals you as a real estate agent could do if your commission was not in the way. And this facilitates it in a way that your commission is not in the way. When we do cash flow guys, we do turnkey solutions for, for people that want to invest in real estate and you want to buy a property and you want us to help with the property selection and turn you on to management. We provide a turnkey scenario a lot of times what we will do for the buyers and our students is we will structure a deal where they don't have to pay us a real estate commission. We can negotiate a better deal on behalf of them and we can go talk to for sale by owners and explain to them that Mr. Seller, there is no real estate commission in this. Don't you worry about a real estate commission because we're not going to charge you one. The buyer is going to pick up the real estate commission tab on this. Here's the caveat. Here's the cool part. Buyers, you don't have to pay the real estate commission either because this is a rental property. And as we teach in our cash flow workshops, you're not paying the expenses for the rental property. The tenant is paying the expenses. So if you're concerned about the real real estate agent's commission, don't be. If it's an investment property, transfer that as an expense over to the tenants. But you factor that in when you negotiate the deal. You're now taking that real estate commission out of the equation, which 
puts a heck of a lot more deals together. And as a real estate agent for the real estate agent provides a stream of income for the real estate agent because agents are on commission. And a lot of them don't sell a lot of real estate. There are a lot of, there are more unsuccessful real estate agents out there than there are successful ones. Long story short, imagine if you had 20, 30, 40, 50 commission checks rolling in every single month, month after month, year after year, you don't have to sell a lot of property at those rates. And of course you can even earn a return on your own commission. You can do better than your, the, whatever commission percent that you wind up with. So Larry, let's move on to day four and day well, four. Well, let me finish okay. day three. Day three is what turns most investors, so-called investors from being cash buyers into being real investors that they can go home and be successful. And what I do is I put up for eight solid hours, different deals that have been done, what the scenario was, what the seller was asking, and then I asked the audience, how would you make an offer on that property? Not how much price, but how would you structure an offer? Because, like I said, the seller can take bubblegum if they're willing to accept it. So there's no wrong answer. And when the students come in the third day, cash is the only thing they know how to present. At the end of the third day, Cash is the last thing on their mind because they say, how can I put this deal together creatively without cash? But you have to understand, we're dealing with people that can take those offers. So day three is the critical, and that takes people from being novices to advanced, where they can go home and start doing deals immediately after the class. That's powerful stuff. That's very powerful stuff. And a lot of this comes down to mindset. Am I correct? Correct. It's getting yourself in the right mindset. And that's the beauty of having those, that four day interaction with you face to face where I've learned this from the land trust course is you come out of there with a whole different mindset and real estate, love it or hate it is a sales job. You have to be, you have to do, you have to be in sales. I mean, you have, it is, it requires sales. And for me, I have a difficult time trying to sell something I do not believe in. Uh, and with that said, when you come out of these the, uh, Larry's seminars with a new mindset, once you believe and you understand the concepts that Larry is going to teach you, what you'll learn in his courses, once you're behind it and you believe in it, it really doesn't become sales anymore, Larry, does it? It's, no. it's just a system of learning. And it, it's as simple as if I told, if you told people that they should wash their hair with their left hand now instead of their right and gave them the reasons why and they believed that washing their hair with their left hand was better, you would just automatically do it that way because that's just the way you do it. And if you're telling other people that, that, yeah, of course you wash your hair. Why would you wash your hair with your right hand? You always, I always use my left now. Next thing you know, they're going to get on board. So really it comes down to educating the marketplace. These students right. leave your course and they're able to educate others, the seller, um, and put themselves in a very good, strong position by educating the seller. Cause it's not about beating up the seller. It's about educating the seller. It's about a win-win fair deal for both. And one of the things that I teach, and I think is so critical when you're dealing with people, not real estate agents, because they can't answer the questions. Only the seller can. What I believe is you don't really know what the sellers want unless you ask. And you can't get your pronouns turned around saying, oh, they'll never take what I'm offering because you don't know what their situation is. You may not 
want to take that, but you don't know what they're willing to take because they may be in a desperate p- position. So you make your offers, the worst they can say is no, but they might say yes, or it leads to a conversation where they put a deal together with you. That's powerful stuff. Larry, in day four, we, we wrap up the, the four-day event with uh, selling strategies. Uh, ironically, uh, we just got to talk about selling. And selling paperwork, cash the check. Now, you talk about the six different selling strategies that you use to build cash now and for the future. And I know you also go into strategies for extra profit when selling. Absolutely. And the paperwork and the agreement. So when I come out of there, you get all the selling paperwork, which is, and that's important, uh, very important. And of course, the we really walk out with your business model, business in a box. Right. That's why I call it business in a box. Oh, really? I didn't realize that. So everything you're doing today, currently in the marketplace and have been doing over 35 years, you started it one way and you've manipulated it and changed it and improved it and grown it to where it is. We get to walk out with all that knowledge. We get That's what we get out of this course. And you get me. You can always call me. After you've come through the boot camp, you can always call me. I take phone calls seven days a week because if it hadn't been for wonderful people helping me when I needed it the most, when I was structuring a deal, I wouldn't be where I am today. And therefore, when I tell you I will take your phone calls, I take your phone calls. I'll help you walk through your deals. That's awesome. Larry? Oh, I did want to say one other thing on the paperwork. You get all the buying paperwork. You get all the selling paperwork also because they're different. And there's a a copy of the buying paperwork with what goes on each line. There's a copy of all the selling paperwork with what goes on each line. So you never have to wonder. And it's all the paperwork that myself and all of the investors I know use, the notes, the mortgages, the, the everything, the paperwork, the buying purchase agreements, the selling agreements, it's all done for you. It also comes on um, a CD. CD, right. So you can download in Word and you can uh, print out your own. Very, very cool. So, folks, before we wrap up, we're going to uh, – anything you want to add, add, Larry, before we wrap up this episode? No, I just want to tell everybody, if you want to – do things different. If, it, if you're not making the kind of money you think you should be making, it doesn't hurt to learn another technique. What I teach worked back in biblical days because when you bought something, you paid the person you bought it from. It'll work a thousand years from now. It works today. Regardless of the economic cycle we're in or the, the market, this works no matter where. It's a wonderful thing to learn because if the money sources dry up, how would you buy real estate? You need to know what I'm teaching because this is a way you can continue to buy regardless of what's going on in the country. And it's it's a good way of doing business. It's just a little different. Folks, if you want to learn evergreen, Larry's just saying evergreen strategies, to use today's fancy lingo, the, the strategies that work today, that worked yesterday, and are going to work tomorrow. And I look forward to seeing you guys at Sarah, at Larry's next Seller Financing Boot Camp. Next available one is on May 12th through the 15th. That's Thursday through Sunday. The one after that is September 22nd through September 25th. That's four days. 
You can register for that event on LarryHarbolt.com. Right. The, and when you go to that website, you click on the button that says Live Trainings and Confirmations. And that will take you to where you can sign up for the class. There's an invoice, and it will give you the dates and uh, how to sign up for the class. And for those that, uh, if you just want to, you can also access that through the Cashflow Guys website. You can go to cashflowguys.com forward slash Larry. Cashflowguys.com forward slash Larry. That takes you directly. It's a link directly to Larry's course uh, site where we have an affiliate agreement set up there. If you, as always on our episodes, I always tell people we do have a new Facebook group. We are going to, as we've been doing the last couple episodes, we are going to add Larry to that Facebook group. If you want to have contact with Larry and ask questions to Larry via Facebook, um, and you're not, you, for whatever reason, you're not able to call him on the phone, you're not, you're, that's not something you want to do. You want to reach out through Facebook and ask questions. Larry will be, will be part of our group, and that is at uh, cashflowguys.com forward slash group. That takes you over to our Facebook group. You have to request a membership. Uh, we will, once you send us a request, we usually approve it within 24 hours. That'll give you access to the group. Gives you access to all of the guests on the Cashflow Guys podcast. They are all members of the group. If you want to direct questions to them directly, great place to reach out to the experts that uh, work with the Cashflow Guys, our entire team, and all the people that have taught us uh, what we know and what we're doing out in the out in the field. If you want to book time with me directly, you need a swift kick in the shorts. You're tired. You're lazy. You don't think you're going to be able to pull this off, or you're just tired of getting nailed by gurus left and right. You know, before you write that check to $30,000 for some guru and you're going to go out there and waste your money or you're going to give up on this business or give up on yourself, all you got to do is go online. You go to cashflowguys.com forward slash ask Tyler. That's ask, A-S-K, Tyler, my name, asktyler.com. You schedule an appointment. You get a free 30-minute consultation with me. I set aside my entire day on Friday for our listeners. You schedule time with me that makes sense for your schedule and fits into my schedule. I get on the phone with you for 30 minutes. Let's talk about the struggles that you're having. Let's get you started and pointed in the right direction. I walk you through where you need to, what you need to do and how you need to get there. And let's get you started with real estate investing. So as always, if you have questions, don't hesitate to ask us and see you on the other side. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas so you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.